This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey guys, in case you haven't heard, Torch and Talk podcast is hosting Virtual Door Dealer Conference 2021 for dealers by dealers. And, and we're going to have content from business owners in the garage door industry talking about how they became successful, some of the things they do great to help them grow. And we're going to have Mike Rowe as a keynote speaker. Mike McCallowicz, finally figured out how to say that, as well as uh, Waldo Waldman. And we have Brandon Vaughn. All these people are going to be talking about some amazing things, and you won't want to miss it. Check out more information at torsiontalk.com. And to register, you have two choices, VIP or standard. Right now, through March 12th, we have early bird pricing. So make sure you register now. What's up, guys? Ryan here with Torsion Talk Podcast again. And I've got a special guest, Mike McCallowicz. Uh I know him from Profit First. Uh, we actually uh, read the book as a team and implemented his strategies. And so when I decided to do virtual door dealer conference, I was like, we got to get this guy because we think that he'll <laughs> do wonders for you and your business if you attend the conference. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing well. Dude, that is badass music. I love I that. I told I you. I love just like a, a shrilling guitar. As I know. Cool as like I totally, Adrian, I think makes fun of me because... I'll, I'll literally tell everybody we've got to play the music and then halfway through sometimes I'll be like, it's so cool. And he's like, Shh, they can hear that. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it's so cool. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole podcast actually. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I remember when I played softball um, as a grown man, slow pitch, slow pitch, high arc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, the first time I hit a home run, I came home and told my wife and she was not impressed. She was like, don't, <laughs> she, she said, don't they throw it underhand? And I'm like, Hey, why would you do that? Like I had a home run. She's like, they throw it underhand. And I'm like, all right. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, I use, I like, I, I envision, um, what's that song? I can feel it coming in the Oh, air. Phil Collins. Yes. I yeah. envision that it plays in my head when I'm walking up to the plate. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, because it's a little dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the pitch comes and you're just ready. So so, so my song is Foo Fighters, Times Like These. Okay. And every time before I go do a speech, um, that is my song to get jacked up to. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, I'm very good at getting on rabbit trails, so forgive me. Uh, but I want to tell a little bit about yourself, Mike, uh, introduce yourself and, um, how you became an author. And then if you have any stories, uh, I'm, I'm on fix this next, which is, uh, starting out to be really good, oh, but, cool. uh, tell us a little bit about profit first, how you became an author and, and your background. Yeah. So, so never planned to be an author, but now I think I'm approaching 14 years ago. I did, uh, 13 years ago. I, uh, I used to be, and I still am an entrepreneur. So I, I've owned multiple businesses. Currently I own, uh, I'm a shareholder in four small businesses. And, um, but uh, 14 years ago, I, uh, I started my a business that was a total calamity. I was an angel investor. I had no clue what I was doing. Actually, I, retrospectively, I now call myself the angel of death because I, <laughs> I destroyed businesses. I was not an angel investor. 
and I lost all my money. So uh, I was riding high for a while. I'd built and sold a couple companies. A Fortune 500 bought one of my companies. I'm like, I got this down. I got this cocky, cocky ego. And um, I think it was divine intervention. Uh, I lost everything. And uh, I had to start over again. I'll never forget the defining moment. I had to come home to my family to tell them we were going to lose our house. We lost it yes. 30 days later. We're going to lose our, our house. And uh, as I'm saying this, I'm sobbing because I'm so ashamed. My daughter was nine years old at the time. She ran up to her room to grab her piggy bank. And she goes, Daddy, since you mm. can't provide for our family, I'll do it. And That's uh, a raw actually, moment yeah, right there. Dude. Yeah, it, it was such a gut punch. It was such an awakening that, that I, I decided... And I want to be clear, I didn't decide like the next morning I got this. I started boozing pretty hard and um, was was going through depression. But it did, I, I did realize that moment, I don't know much about entrepreneurship. In fact, I know very little. I, I don't have the Midas touch like I thought I did. So I decided to start investigating every element of entrepreneurship. Most entrepreneurs struggle with a form of what I call entrepreneurial poverty. It's no time, no money, uh, the, the will suck out of them. So I... Actually, it's on my wall. I'm so committed to it right there. It says, right, entrepreneurial poverty. Like that's, that became my mission that day. Nice. Um, and I did it through books. So I, I wrote Profit First for Financial Poverty, but I've written Clockwork for Time Poverty. And uh, everything I work on is to fix that, that problem. Yeah, I think the biggest objection I get is uh, about like, so we were talking about uh, attendees. And, yeah. you know, I've got a pretty aggressive marketing campaign on Facebook, but there's not a lot of people like searching for events and stuff like that right now. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what we're doing, I'm literally making um, uh, cold calls. So yeah. I've got my assistant making lists of companies all over the country, and I'm just going yeah. behind her cold calling. And one of the objections I'm hearing from them and the people that I talk to in the industry through Facebook is uh, they don't have the time. I'm too busy. And oh, um, that's the worst. And that's, I, yeah, if that if that's what you say, that is the definition of a business that's struggling. Yeah. And I, I tell time. them like my objection to that is, and I'm not trying to be insensitive because I understand yeah. I've been there is you're exactly the reason I'm doing this. Like, yeah. please take the time to join because I think you're going to get a lot of information that's going to help you feel like you've got more freedom. Um, Oh, dude, when I, when I share profit first, and I'm not saying this to be outrageous, I, I believe this to be the absolute truth. I, there's over 500,000 companies doing profit first now. That's crazy. When I present it, and within 50 minutes or so, the, the audience will have the system to bring permanent profitability to their business by the next morning, like permanent profitability. And I know it sounds outrageous that within 24 hours, you're going to be permanently profitable, but you are. You absolutely it's a are. mindset. The, the, the sin is the people who, who don't come, don't learn, don't challenge themselves. And, and I've experienced this too. When people say I don't have enough time, I say, how long have you not had enough time? Has it been just today right. or is it months or years? And for most right. folks, it's year in, year out. Yeah. And if it's that way, it, it's not going to change. This is what you've defined as your business now. And that's no way to grow a business. Yeah. I, I, there's, you know, I, I'm not like a superhero by any means, but I do care about entrepreneurs greatly. Yeah. And when I'm talking to some of these guys, you know, I had a conversation with one yesterday and I was telling them, I said, you know what, dude, you're exactly the reason I'm doing this. Like one of the main reasons, because, yeah. you know, 
I've talked to so many people and I don't know your story, but I'm talking to people who don't have money saved up, don't know what yeah. they're going to do when their body wears out, you know, uh, can't take vacations because, you know, they're dependent on it. They're working week to week or whatever. And yeah, they may have jet skis or four wheelers and toys and all that stuff, but that that's, where's that taking you, right? Like, where are we going with this? And so, um, you know, I think that hits home for a lot of us because we make good money, but I don't know that like a lot of door companies really like manage it well. And one of the oh, things no. that's like Definitely. really tough in our industry is there's no licensing. So like if you got a truck, some tools and you can get doors or, or parts, you're in the game. And so, yeah. um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this and, and work with owners, I, I love what I'm most passionate about with owners is teaching them um, to manage their time, their you know, profit, marketing, sales, um, and culture, like how to treat your employees. Because oh, yeah. a lot of these people got treated poorly at their position and they just like em emulate what they've learned. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, a, so it's that's a something to avoid. There's um, when it comes back to the financials, there's a difference between how much you make and how much you take. Yeah. And people confuse that. They say, well, our business, you know, we made half a million dollars, a million dollars, whatever it is, you know, if you make a million dollars in business, you are not a millionaire. And, Correct. but, but you know, we confuse that bad. Many businesses make a million, but the owner takes nothing. Yeah. It, actually, as your sales increase, it becomes more stressful. And one thing that frustrates me is I see businesses say, well, we're struggling now. We have to sell our way out of this. That's bullshit. You can't sell your way to a healthy business. In fact, it does the reverse because sales are obligations. Every time you sell another door, you have another responsibility to install that door, to deliver right. the materials. It's more things to manage. And as a small business owner, it's actually more stress on my shoulders. What we need to do is sell something that's more profitable. How do we get more out of what we're currently doing? That's where the make converts to the take. Yeah. And we, we, I got, I lost my way. So that's a good point because one of the major takeaways I took from your book, um, it was a combination of things that I was doing all at once. Um, yeah. But your book helped open my eyes to, who's our customer, right? Like, yeah. and we, we fell into the trap of trying to be everyone's door dealer. And we shifted our focus now to, we want to be like a high end boutique style dealer, yeah. uh, where we're selling like expensive doors. And, you know, because here's what I found, like garage doors historically are very inexpensive. Like I get frustrated because I feel like manufacturers could make more money, raise the price across the board. Right. Uh, you know, it, it all helps. But so you can buy and install a garage door from a local company for a thousand dollars. But for, uh, for us, we got to go out there and measure, you know, spend 30 minutes to an hour with the customer. We got to go back. We got to order the door. We got to get the door. We got to go back out and install it. And heaven forbid there's damage to the, the door. Or oh whatever. yeah. Then you got a third Children. trip, a thousand dollars, $1,000 yeah. people are selling these doors for like, and, and possibly making three trips, definitely making two. It's just not worth it. Um, so we, we just looked at that and we said, you know what? Uh, we, we, we can't play this game. Plus everybody's beating us up over a hundred dollars. Um, and so we reevaluated everything and started just focusing on high end doors and, and, uh, repair where the margins at. And that's where everybody's trying to go to, which is really difficult because everybody's willing to pay stupid money for repair calls. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, you end up $150 in before you even dispatch somebody. So yeah. it's a tough business, but, um, I think your, your 
processes that you, you teach, which is going to going to be great for the attendees, uh, is going to open some eyes and help a lot of people understand uh, how to how to set your business up for success. And I think you're right. You can't sell yourself out of it. I tried that already, by the way. Oh, do not do not. You know, I, I tell people to avoid the GP and what the GP stands for is general practitioner. I don't know, Ryan, for you, but you know, I, I go to my doctor every year, the GP. And uh, the reason I go to him is that he's within a, a, the vicinity of where I live. He's a convenient doctor to go to. It would be absurd if he said, you know, that $25 copay or whatever you're paying, it's not working for me. I got to charge $25,000. I'd be <laughs> like, no. Or if he said, I'm moving across the country, I want you to still visit me. I'd be like, no. The rule of a generalist, a general practitioner, is that you attract a very general audience in the general vicinity. Right. They're convenience purchasers. But if, if if I had a need for brain surgery, um, I would, in that case, seek out the specialist, the brain surgeon. And now she could be anywhere on the planet. Like she could be in India. I'm heading there. Right. If she knows how to solve my life-threatening problem, I'll fly there. And she's like, it's $25,000. I'm like, that's a steal. I'm in. Yeah. So the specialist gets people that will make special effort to acquire their service. Generalist will go and get people in the general vicinity. Yeah. If you have people saying, you know, can you sharpen the pencil or any of that, they see you as exchangeable, you're a commodity. By becoming an elite provider, you attract a new customer base that sees your service as extraordinary and significant, perhaps even life-saving. Like, I know guys that have exotic cars. They really care about their garage door uh, more than oh, yeah. someone else. I know people that uh, own uh, manufacturing businesses and stuff. They care about their garage door and, and how it functions because they take deliveries and stuff. Mm-hmm. We can choose to pick a community that will see us as significant and they're willing to pay that $25,000 equivalent. They're willing to go out of their way to acquire services. But if you're playing that vicinity general practitioner game, you're going to get the number crunch. Yeah. We, uh, on our new door sales, when we shifted our focus, we changed our branding, we changed our website, we changed where we're advertising. We stopped buying leads. Uh, yeah. you know, we're working with interior designers and architects now. Yeah. 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 I mean, our, our average door sale went from like 2000 to now we usually run between five and 6,000. Somer is a European based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina, serving more than 90 countries worldwide with our 40 years of experience. Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer-usa.com. That's S-O-M-M-E-R-U-S-A.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Swice makes the best bifold door on the market. So when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, check them out first. As a matter of fact, bifold security doors are hot right now. 
If you check out their website, bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, bifold doors, for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you. Visit bifold.com. That's B-I-F-O-L-D.com. Right, we change where we're advertising. We stop buying leads. Um, yeah. You know, we're working with interior designers and architects now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our average door sale went from like 2,000 to now. We usually run between five and 6,000. Yeah, that's, dude, that's huge, huge. right? That's, Absolutely that's a crazy. 250% increase on the retail price. You know, profit will go right with that. Yeah. I assume, and this is an assumption because I don't know your business, but I assume maybe the materials are more expensive, but they your are. time and effort to install it, I would expect it's the same, or maybe, maybe it's even less now because you're doing something that right. you're repeating over and over. And the customers, I suspect, see more significance in you, so they're less of a headache. Is that yeah, absolutely. True? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And what's cool about it is, is like those jobs, we can take photos of them and share them on Facebook and they get shared, liked. We run yeah. ads on them, we get more customers. Um, you know, you got uh, you, you got customers like that who know other customers. Uh, so now, oh yeah, yeah, birds of a feather flock yeah. together. Yeah, so they're starting to share, um, and you got interior designers who are uh, referring us to other interior designers. So it's been great. That's uh, been uh, also one of our biggest challenges is, and I think with all blue collar jobs now, like home services, it's really hard to find new people who want to come into the industry. Um, and, and some of the older guys, uh, you know, they're, they're happy where they're at. So it's really hard to find good people. And yeah. so, you know, instead of me trying to run my guys ragged and be everybody's door company, um, you know, we implemented some of your strategies and, and, uh, now we're, we're more focused on, uh, quality profit than we are quantity. And that's helped out so much for us. That's, that's how you beat, uh, entrepreneurial poverty. That's awesome. Yep. And so we, um, I know for both of my companies, so I own a company called Such and Such Media, uh, which is a marketing agency, and then I own Aaron Overhead Doors here. And uh, both both of the, my companies uh, do the profit first. Um, and I love it. So yeah, the, the same person runs my financials for both. And she's like, when we started this company, she's like, am I opening up the profit account and all this and this and this? And I'm like, yes, we're going to yeah. do it just like we do over there because uh, it works. So I'm excited to have you uh, come speak. Is there any stories uh, of like home service companies that you can tell that you've worked with or any companies in general, um, small to medium, even large, because we've got some pretty big companies. Uh, I know there's guys with 70 plus trucks that are already registered. Um, anything that you can share that might be beneficial to them now to make them feel for like- sure, for sure. You know, so I, I, we're working with a contractor. He actually does like uh, exterior stuff, deck installs and stuff like that. And uh, we were talking one day and he goes, you know, the biggest challenge I have with profitability is the cost of materials. It's unpredictable. And he goes, every time I get a windfall of money and I feel great in the morning when the check comes in. And then he goes, an hour later when I pay the bills, I'm like, where did it all go? <laughs> right. So what we did, one technique, and I'll teach this in more detail at the event, but um the rule of profit first is you set up accounts to pre-allocate money to its intended use at your bank. And I'll explain why at your bank is so critical. Because what he does, and, and almost all business owners do, is what I call bank balance accounting. He logs into his bank, 
sees what money he has, he makes decisions on it. So at your bank, we're gonna set up multiple accounts. We set up a materials account. So uh, when the money comes in, so he gets a, a $10,000 check, well, 7,000 has to be for materials. So the, he, he carves it and puts it simply in the inventory or materials account. So now he realizes, oh, I don't have 10,000 bucks. I have $3,000 right. to operate my business. The service component of integrating this stuff is $7,000 for materials. By doing this, he actually even has been able to put in a little extra. So say he has to buy $7,000 of materials. He puts $7,500 in there. He then buys the materials for $7,000. He's got $500 left over. Over time, he has a, a, a cash of cash, if you will. He's yeah. got money piled up. He's been able to negotiate better terms. He's gone back to the, the, his suppliers and says, listen, I'll pay you on delivery or I'll pay you, even prepay you. Give me a 10% discount. All that margin goes to his bottom yeah. line. It, it put him in a position of strength. And, and this turned around in, first of all, his confidence turned around in a day. Like when he starts seeing where money's going, he's like, oh, now I have control. Within months, he was able to start negotiating with, with his suppliers to get lower discounts. So that's, that's, awesome. that's one of the techniques we're going to talk about at the event. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's huge. And, and yeah. we're, we're in a unique situation, which I think a lot of people are is uh, getting material right now is super difficult. So super hard with the, the shipping problem. Yeah, from the time you order from the time you get it could be two, three months. And you're like, and then the bill comes and you're like, Oh my God, what, what just happened? Like, yeah. yeah. So um, we, uh, one of the ideas, one of my staff members had, which was, uh, I thought was great. Similar to what you just talked about. We, t we created a deposit account. So when somebody gives us a deposit, if it's over, like if the total sales over a certain amount, the deposit goes into that account that mm -hmm. way, when it the whole deposit that way, when the, um, when the bill comes due, uh, we collect usually if it's residential on like on completion at 30 days uh, on commercial. And so that helps us with cash flow, especially when the totally. and, and taking advantage of things like net 10, uh, almost all of our manufacturers give discounts, whether it's, you know, one or two or 3%. Um, if you pay within uh, 10 days of the bill being due. So uh, that's another great way to increase uh, totally profit. Yeah. Cause, Cause that's pure profit, right? When you, when you start getting those little, discounts off and you have to do nothing else for it all to the bottom line. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, fix this next. Yeah. So fix this next. What I discovered is so many business owners say I'm doing everything for my business, but nothing's working. It was this common refrain. We do everything, but we keep on staying stuck. Well, I discovered there is a common DNA or way businesses are structured. And this is, industry agnostic. So you could be installing doors, you could be making pizzas. It makes no difference. There's a common framework for all of us, uh, essentially for the business. And what Fix This Next does is it helps us pinpoint exactly what to do next. So don't do everything, do the one right thing. Right. And just to illustrate this, if between me and you were a chain, we're pulling on it and our job is to make this chain stronger, we could fix every single link and the chain would keep on breaking at the weakest link. So until the weakest link is fixed, it's just as weak, no matter what we do. So the goal is not to fix every link. It's to first identify the weakest link and strengthen that. But then the whole thing flips. If we strengthen one link, the entire chain, if it was the weakest, now is stronger to wherever the next weakest link is. And if we improve that one next, it elevates again. Nice. So this is the exact same process applied to business. Yeah, and that's going to be different for everybody. Well, yeah, like what, the what weakest their weakest link. link is in the moment is going to be different. Yeah. Um, we, 
you know, many people say, I need to get more sales. That's my weakest link. In many cases, that's not it. For some, it may be, but it may be a profit system. It may be negotiating better terms. Yeah. So we have to first identify it. So Fix This Next has a way to very quickly pinpoint what you need to work on next, then you get to working on it. And for each business, it is likely different. So if somebody doesn't want to wait, because we're going to push this out um, ASAP, and get it yeah. out. So they're going to be seeing this podcast before the conference. But if people don't want to wait and they're like, man, he's speaking to me because you speak to me with this stuff. And and as contractors, you know, we're not, we're not maybe not the best money managers or, you know, whatever, even business people, right? A lot of us haven't gone to college for accounting and, and business administration. Yeah, me neither. So, so what for- do we, uh, if we want to get a jump on this and we want to buy your yeah. books or whatever, um, you know, where do you prefer us buy them from? Do you have a website or do you prefer Amazon? Let's go to Amazon or if you prefer it's from other place, but Amazon's the best. And if you're an audible person, that's what I like. It's on audible. You can, you can digest the stuff at two X if you want. The, the interesting thing is almost every business owner I spoke to is not as good at accounting, not a math person, not a number. And me too. I suck at accounting. This system evades that. You don't need to be good at math. You simply need to be able to log into your bank account. If you can log into your bank account, see how much money you have, and you use your instinct to measure that money and manage it, you're primed to be very profitable. So it works within that framework. Yeah. Adrian, what'd you say? Did you narrate the one on Audible? I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I narrate all my books. Oh, and and I actually break from the story. So I'll be reading the book and I'm like, all right, we got to stop here. Let's get real. And I'll share a new story I've discovered, some new insights. Um, you're definitely in for a ride. And sometimes I try to do a voice impersonation, which sucks, <laughs> but I try to do it anyway. That's awesome. Nah, you're good. It, you keep people engaged, like your your personality and your enthusiasm is is high. I, I actually uh, listen to you through there. Um, and uh, all my books are nice. audible. And, and what's great about our industry is our guys, are a lot of time they're in trucks. And yeah, so yeah, they, you got time for audio. Yeah, you got time. There's a lot of windshield time, and so yeah, listening to the podcast and listening to your uh, your book would be great. So, uh, if you guys want to get a jump on uh, Mike's uh, teachings, what he's going to be teaching us at Virtual Door Dealer Conference, check out Amazon. Uh, which book do you think they should start with first? Uh, first, you know, you'll, you'll be primed for our conversation, and uh, you'll be. Profitable not within 24 hours, you'll be profitable within 24 minutes, I suspect. Like it will we'll move fast. That'll help you out. And you're and maybe seeing, fix this next too. But if you're picking one, I'd pick profit first. And you're saying five you said, did you say five hundred thousand uh businesses? Over, yeah, we have over five hundred thousand businesses that have implemented it uh, globally now. It, it, it it's caught fire. And I, I would say hundreds of new businesses are implementing it daily. We can't even keep track uh of how many people report it. And most people don't even report it. They read the book right. and they just do it. Um, but we get reports probably in like, like four or five an hour of someone like, Oh, I've implemented profit first. That's awesome. So guys, if you want to get a jump, read the book, um, you can find it on Amazon. It's uh profit first, Mike McCallowicz and it's spelled M A C H A L, uh, O W I C Z. I can type it, probably can't memorize it. Um, but it took me about two weeks to get that down. So, uh, listen, Mike, you're a godsend. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Your uh, your story touches me for sure because uh, I I recall in the early days of starting my door company, there were a couple of times we were really tough, and yeah, my wife and I are sitting in the living room or around the table, and you know my daughter would bring us 
her little change or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's trying to fix the problem. It's tough. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, telling your wife, you know, having to go back and tell your wife that we got to cut back this Christmas or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't want that for anyone. And so and for no one, for no one, we'll uh, fix that. We're going to fix so that this event. If you're, uh, if you're on the fence about registering for virtual door dealer conference, this alone will pay for the conference plus a million times. So I agree. make sure you attend Mike's experienced at teaching this. Uh, he came up with it and I'm uh, super excited to be able to have him as a uh, speaker. So Mike, anything you want to add before we cut? Yeah, everyone, you just got to be there. If you are working relentlessly and you, you don't have the time, you must do this because we have to find the time going forward. Be That's there. right. And be you got there. profit. That means you can hire people. Yeah. And it, yeah. Then you it starts can, the upward spiral. You can go play golf while your guys are making you money. The ultimate, and that's the idea of the business, right? right? The ultimate make money work for you so you don't have to work for it. Exactly. That's what we're here for. Everybody had that dream when they first started, I think. so. Well, we're going to make it a reality. Let's make it a reality. All right, Mike, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, and we will see you on the first. You're actually kicking off our entire event. Can't um, wait. Yep, it's going to be awesome. And you're in line with, uh, do you know Waldo Waldman? No, unfortunately, that name doesn't ring. He's a keynote speaker, uh, F-16 fighter pilot. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah, he's really neat. And then uh, Mike Rowe closes us out on day two. So uh, I know that name. Nice little lineup. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's amazing. We're pretty excited. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for your time. And uh, we will see you on the first. Sounds good. Be well, brother. Take care, man.